if I'm going to do cocaine, it's going to be in a fabulous outfit and not in that cat piss den. I want to like yeah. relive fucking Club 54, not like fucking die <laughs> in a right. basement where no one will find me because this dude's cats all ate me and his parents pissed and shit themselves. Hi, I'm Annie. And I'm Elle, and welcome to our Trash Parade. Hey girl, how are you? Hola! I'm good, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, so, I want to talk about our favorite subject ever. Uh, Annie, tell me how you feel about the suburbs, specifically the suburbs where we grew up on the northwest side of Chicago. So, well, let's describe the vibe. We'll start. Okay, with let's that. start with the vibes. So, you know, we were born in the '80s. We're like elder millennials, so we were like coming of age in the '90s. So this is '90s into well i was gone by 2003 but into that era we'll say it's mostly 90s late 90s so you know when i moved out there as a kid we moved out from chicago it was like not overly populated but by the time we left i left it was huge so i grew up in a place called mont prospect um, so you have like Arlington Heights, you have Schaumburg, you have Rolling Meadows. Uh, what else is over there? Elk Grove with the strip club. Heavenly bodies. <laughs> Heavenly oh <my> bodies. <laughs> I forgot about Heavenly Bodies. <laughs> it's still there, dude. It's still there. And I know, I think they have like a free buffet there because they can't. I don't know, like, some legal thing requires them to have food. So they have, like, all those gross pizzas, like, just rotating under, like, heat lamps. It just sounds mm. like... <laughs> <laughs> the last thing that I want is to, like, get on a gentleman's lap and do a sexy dance while he's eating, like, mm -hmm. fucking Red Baron pizza that's been, been like, <laughs> like, heated up by a fucking lamp. And I just can't imagine, like, how uncomfortable that has to be. I just feel like the pizza makes that place gross. Like, it's so gross. And, Anyways. and, and that is a vibe <laughs> of the suburbs. There is this white trashness of the northwest suburbs of Chicago. And further out. I mean, it gets trashier the further out you go. Now, not every suburb of Chicago is trashy. I mean, there's some very, like, nice, very wealthy suburbs. Um, you know, I feel like where I grew up was okay. Uh, you know, there's parts of Mont Prospect that are super cute. You know, like where I went to elementary school, very nice neighborhood. But then there's, like, parts that are just trash. So yeah. um, you have a lot of... People who grew up in the burbs and grew up in, like, 
the country. I don't know. I don't even know the cornfields. They grew up in the cornfields and then they came to the suburbs to be closer to Chicago. But you don't want to be in the city because it's scary, danger, black people, all that good stuff, right? Yeah. And air Um, quotes. Heavy emphasis on the air quotes there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you you have the suburbs start because obviously white flight. So that's why, you know. There's there's that whole part of the population of the suburbs. So you got white trash, you got racists, you have a lot of immigrants though. So you know where I grew up, like my neighbors on one side were from Cuba, on the other side they were from India. You know my dad's from Italy, he's from Sicily. There's a lot of Italians around there. Uh, you had a lot of different Hispanic populations. So it was very mixed where we're from. There's other suburbs of Chicago not so mixed. It's very, very white. Um, so, but that's why, you know, we got, got a lot of weird shit. So you got a melting pot of weirdness going on, which is great on one hand. And then on the other hand, not so great. Um it's almost like a class system. It's in the totally suburbs. a class system. I felt like there was always like some kind of like pecking order, like that was going on out in the suburbs. Of, like, what kind of family are you, and yeah, what do you look like? Who do you affiliate with? And I don't know. It was just very weird. It was very about like keeping yeah. up with appearances, and I was not fond of that uh, aspect. I guess for context, like if this were the John Hughes movie, Annie and I would live with Andy and Ducky from Pretty in Pink. <laughs> that would be yeah. our character. And then there would be like a bunch of like Stefans and Blaines as well mixed in that felt like they were better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until we grew up and realized that those people don't really have any money either that we were like, oh, wow, like, yeah. you guys are trashy, too. <laughs> well, that I think that was the biggest thing, being out of the suburbs. Even when we were there, I think we knew it was trashy. I mean, you have, you have like, the popular kids. Consumerism was huge. So, yeah. like, name brands. Yeah. You know, this is late 90s, early 2000s. Consumerism was like at an all time high. You know, if you look back at like music videos at that time and commercials, it was just like a constant, like, buy this, buy this, buy this, go in yeah. debt. It's totally fine. Like, our economy's great, whatever. Um, so, you know, you had your popular kids, they always were had money because they always had name brands. And a lot of them, you know, their parents were maybe lawyers. You had a lot of doctors, um, just a lot of medical professionals. Um, you know, if you, they were really wealthy, though, they were living a little further out, you know, Barrington yeah. uh, or going to private school. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, you, that was like your first tier. And then it kind of went from there. You know, we were goth kids. So rock and roll kids. So we are like in that. Well, I we're off to the side in that weird group. But I also was not part of that group totally either. 
Oh. Uh, there were a few groups that we kind of like moved through near yeah. the high school. Yeah. Like there were like the art kids that we hung out with, which were still cool people. And then there were like the other group of people. Like, yeah. I don't know. We were just like a weird collection of like art kids and like burnouts. Yeah. And yeah. like, yeah, it was just weird. But those people seem to have like the most kind of like permeability to be able to like move between different groups of people. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It I was feel just... like there was a lot of us who didn't ever really belong in one group. You had your groups and then there's, I feel like a group of kids who would move in between the groups. Cause like, I mean, if you were in band, so I was in orchestra you know, band kids, like, were fucking weird. They stuck together. I feel like chorus kids stuck together. Oh, my God, uh, dude. The fucking show <laughs> choir people. Oh, God. Like, I think every school has this. And, like, I recognize that, like, show choir brings a lot of people so much yeah. joy. But, well, like, remember, Glee is based off of one of the schools in our school district i don't know if it was prospect maybe oh, i did not know that yes dude is based off of dude where we're from like i had somebody at work a few months ago i said something about how like i had ran out of my good blush so i've been using some of my lipstick to get like the right blush color and she was like spoken like a true show choir nerd and i was like i was not in fucking show choir i was like why the fuck <laughs> do you think i give off those kind of vibes like right. if you think i'm gonna get in a room with a bunch of other people and cooperate with them while making jazz hands like you clearly don't know me <laughs> at all like yeah so i just want to say that i don't make any like moral judgments on anybody that like loves show tunes and is musical and likes musicals it's not my jam and it does like annoy the fuck out of me and those people were yeah. all like fucking each other it was like really absolutely. weird absolutely like show choir kids <laughs> got like more ass than anybody else did anybody. in high school like, they were Absolutely. all fucking each other. And I was just like, this is so weird. <laughs> but uh, could you it imagine? Do you think they like a jazz hand while they're, like, climaxing? <laughs> they probably like, sing to each like, other yeah. and shit. They yeah. danced <laughs> into each other's arms, like. Oh, my God. I can imagine, like, every encounter being, like, that scene in Dirty Dancing where a baby is like trying to do the jump and like Patrick Swayze like catching her. <laughs> and then they're like, I've had the time of my life. Oh my uh, God. Why am I talking about this? I'm like grossed out. I, okay, show choir people, I got no beef with you. It's just. I mean, every group is annoying in their own way. So show choir kids have their own weird, you know, and but they stayed with each other. So mm -hmm. like, I mean, the most annoying they would get is like, you know, sometimes you get a lot of singing for like no reason, and it's yeah that like nasally tone that became popular in the nineties. I really fucking hate 
the sound of that musical singing. It's like, ugh. Okay, think of fucking the musical Rent. Rent oh. came out during that time period. And I don't know how many times oh. from junior high on I heard that. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It was so much. Dude, I oh. know. I know. I ugh, I felt like the Rent soundtrack was inescapable for like yes. two decades yes. and I just was like why are you trying to make me get into this like I can't yeah. well if you just gave it a listen bitch I have listened yeah. to it how do you think I know I don't like it that's how, because right. I listened to it it's not good well you don't understand yeah. the story and it's like I totally understand the story I would have right. rather read it in a book right. like <laughs> quiet yeah. silent book i remember yeah. we went to go see so i did like my senior year go to europe for with art club which wasn't real mm -hmm. um i love that um art club was something like my teacher made up on yearbook picture day and then we decided that we were art club <laughs> so um we went to go see, <laughs> go see fame in london and i was just like why is this happening right now? Like the guy's like strung out on drugs, but he's doing like split leaps and barrel leaps across the stage. And like, <laughs> I'm like, man, like you guys have really never seen anybody like strung out on drugs. Cause they don't fucking do that. Like they don't just like <laughs> decide while detoxing from drugs or whatever the fuck was going on that they need to like do these like highly coordinated barrel leaps and you know split leaps <laughs> which like take a lot of fucking practice and coordination and i'm like yeah that's i'm like why is i don't understand how that's adding anything to like selling me on the emotion it's not selling me on yeah. the emotion and i was like this is this is terrible and like so i was in europe with all the show choir kids because they were there. I think some people from orchestra were there. Whatever. Musical people. Okay. So this is like mm -hmm. 2001. And Moulin Rouge had just come out that year. Girl. The entire trip. The entire trip. Every tour bus. Everywhere we went. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Oh, God. So we're like going to fucking France oh. now. And we're like in Pigalle going down the fucking street. And like we're passing the Moulin Rouge and everybody's like, Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? But it's like an entire fucking school bus full of people. Oh, I wanted to like fucking die. I was so embarrassed. I was just like, oh, yes, everyone knows that song. And everyone knows that that's the only thing you know how to fucking say in French too, which is probably not a good idea <laughs> since you're all a bunch of 18 year olds. <laughs> oh my God. It was so fucking annoying, dude. I was like, shut the fuck up. I was like, we're never going to hear the end of the stupid song. That was a fun trip, though, because I got my nipples pierced, and I don't recommend going to a foreign country if you don't speak the language to get any body modification done. But I was 18 and an idiot, and I got a fucking needle stuck in my nipple. 
Because I got pierced by an apprentice that I didn't realize oh, was an apprentice. God. And I screamed so fucking loud that I scared people out of like the waiting room. And the lady kept begging me not to punch her. And that was like the only thing she knew how to say to me in English. And I was like, I'm not going to punch you. We have to get the fucking needle out of my nipple, dude. Oh my God. Because like if you don't put those needles in like a, a solid movement like it will swell immediately like you need to just pull it right in and out but she didn't like push hard enough so <clears throat> my nipples swelled up like around the needle and she had to like rip the thing out and uh -oh. I was just like thank god like I didn't I mean, this place was clean. I just was, like, getting pierced by an amateur. But it makes for a good story, at least. Ugh. Ugh. So, <laughs> yeah, kids, don't go get body modded out in another country, um, especially if you don't speak the language. Like, it's one thing if you can, like, talk to people and know stuff. But, like, if you're 18 and you want to put, like, a hole in your body, you're going to tattoo, I recommend getting a translator or waiting and doing your homework or something but anyways don't get a needle stuck in your nipple <laughs> uh all right so back to the suburbs so um we got the classes we got we got different subgenres of people subcultures were big in the 90s you had a whole lot you had rave kids you had like I mean, being nerdy was a thing. Being that popular girl was a thing. You know, you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you watch a late 90s movie, that is like our existence <laughs> growing yeah. up. Um, so, which, you know, I feel like for us was cool as kids to have all those different like subgenres and subcultures mm -hmm. to pick from, you know, made things way more interesting than it is now. I feel like things are really homogenized Homogenic, now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure it's kind of the same now with like lots of different groups of people that like stick together based on interest, but I think the thing that, like, made the suburbs trashy, you know, it, like, there was, like, open, like, we discussed, like, the racism thing and, like, the materialism mm -hmm. thing. Um, I think, like, what made it, like, a trashy place to me, in my opinion, it was that there was, like, no culture really happening there, like, Right. It was like people were very into like how they appeared on the outside, but there were like yeah. no museums, like no places to go. Well, we made places to go see shows, but like people were not seeming to be like involved in anything like outside of their world. And if you were involved in something outside of like what you were seeing every day, you were like really weird. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those po folks were like, really into their money and like if you didn't have yeah. money like people would fucking make fun of you for being poor yeah. like to your face like yeah. i remember when i was in eighth grade that like i got made fun of for being poor because like i didn't have like the shoes that everybody had 
um, because I didn't know like what shoes to buy for like my school uniform. And like, then they found out my mom was a waitress. So like everybody would just like taunt me and like call me poor Mm. and shit like that. And like, I don't know if kids are like this today, you know, but I feel like it, it wouldn't be okay today to like make fun of somebody for being poor. Like, right. I think that's like such a, that, but that just like sums up how people raise their kids and yeah. what they taught them to value back yeah. then. So it was very about like, you know, I have to have like my Louis Vuitton bag and I have to have like my spray tan and all of the mm-hmm. right little logos on everything so that like people yes. think I pass, but it's like, you don't appreciate the Louis Vuitton bag because you don't know where it fucking right. came from. You don't know how it was made. You can't tell me how, like, all of the couturiers work in France and, like, why that bag is important. Yeah. It's just, like, a label to yeah. you. Um, yeah. It was, like, that kind of thing. It's, like, I don't give a shit if you're into whatever, but, like, at least have an opinion of knowing, like, why you value something. And, like, be able to mm-hmm. articulate that as opposed to being, like, I have to have this. I have to have that. And, like, more and more and more. And, like, if the other yeah. people you're around, like, don't look like you do or have all the same stuff as you do, like, there's something wrong with them. Like, it, that was very much mm-hmm. my experience out there. And that also, yeah. like, bled into how you're expected to behave when you're in public mm-hmm. and, like, what you can and can't talk about um but i oh, think yeah people were very very scared of like saying their opinion and that is something i learned really early in school because mm-hmm. like i always had an opinion and I, my parents always have an opinion and they will tell me their opinion and i inherited that trait that's <laughs> very early And I found that, you know, I mean, I love debating and stuff. So, like, in class, I would always debate with people. And, like, sometimes I would take a side I don't necessarily necessarily believe just to, like, debate it. But I would notice it would just be, like, a handful of us in every class. The same kids over and over again Mm -hmm. who were, like, willing to speak up and, like be outside that norm and be okay yeah. with it. Yeah, I feel like, you know, there was a point where I could have gone a very like traditional um, you know, that suburban middle class girl, but like I veered off and went, I don't know, I was a musician. So I went into like every fat suburban girls thing, which is goth. So <laughs> I feel like there is a lot of us in that group. Um, I mean, a lot of people were listening to like hardcore music back then, whether it was like, you know, rock music or like rap music. Rap music was very different back then than it mm-hmm. is now. Like it was about something, you know, fighting the power, all that. And you had a lot of that in rock music too, where it's like fighting like this weird like standard, you know, cause you come out of eighties Reagan and in that, you know, the early nineties, the George Bush era. So it was very conservative for a long time. 
So there's a lot of pushback on that conservative life, you know, in the music at least and in the art. I feel like art was like killer back then. Yeah. Um but like it still wasn't like cool for kids to be speaking up like that and no like, not your at peer all. group would like shun you you know and and some some groups are more open than others but like it seems like the more popular you were the more you did not have a different opinion so yeah. and that brings you into a whole different thing there because that's the like mentality of people there. You don't step out of line. You don't talk outside the house about certain things. And like, you know, there's a lot of drugs in the suburbs and there's a there's lot of alcoholism in the suburbs. Like, yeah. I feel like everybody has an opinion about the suburbs that like, you go out there and it's idyllic. And I think that's kind of like a holdover from the 60s, you know, where mm -hmm. people were going into this like suburban mecca where everything like made sense and it was convenient and the houses were bigger and the kids could run around because it was safe. And I'm saying yeah. all that in like air quotes, but that was like the the dream for a lot of folks and like a lot of that yeah. has to do with like white flight whatever have you yeah. anyways like <laughs> everybody that i knew was on fucking drugs and if they weren't on drugs their parents were on drugs or everybody was and on not drugs. just like pot like heroin no, was yeah. big back then and like this opioid crisis we have now it started in the 90s and then the pills came out mm -hmm. in the aughts and it's been downhill since then. That is something that makes me so angry because I know that there's a complicated issue of like, yes, there is like a worsening of the, the fentanyl and heroin crisis and all that stuff because of things like fentanyl and like all the stuff that's going on. I understand there's some nuance to that, but I will say this has been going on forever and like, yeah. It's just getting worse, but people are acting yeah. like it's some kind of a new fucking problem. Like, yeah. everybody that I knew, like, either knew someone that died of a heroin overdose or had done heroin themselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, like, this is when we're in high school. So, this isn't like... Dude, even before that, I... Uh, the one who shall not be named, but you know them... I was at their house and somebody else was there and they were doing heroin. And I want to say that was eighth grade. And I, at the time, I, I mean, I had some knowledge of drugs, but not heroin. I had interacted more with uh, Coke users and alcoholics. You're like thrown up and stuff. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then like I it took me a couple days to really realize, like, oh my god, they were fucking like doing heroin in the bathroom. Why am I at their house? And it was I just like couldn't believe it. You know, like heroin is something that like happens to like rock stars and like people in the gutter. 
not fucking eighth graders in the suburbs of Chicago. And that, yeah, we were, I mean, there was a lot of it around. There was so much heroin around and like, Mm -hmm. it was people you would never even expect because we had like heroin chic going on. So people thought like, oh, like, your kids don't look like that. They must not be doing heroin. Well, congratulations. Right. Like most of the heroin addicts I knew were fat and like had acne from like their digestive system not working anymore because of right. like fucking heroin, you know, like you don't, there's nothing wrong with being fat. I'm just saying like, they yeah. don't all look like Kate Moss, you know, like, but a lot of right. folks were like, people you would never like expect were on heroin because they well, didn't also, have that like pallor or like the skinniness mm-hmm. you know they didn't look like models yeah. you know well also you, you know this is the teenage years so like kids are already moody their skin already looks like shit so like a lot i think a lot of people just like adults pack stuff away and it's just like oh they're just being teenagers and like not realizing there's problems and like there's a pills came on the scene i remember later on in high school i have very like so my brother died from drugs and so he started doing drugs very early he was like 14 maybe he didn't start off with heroin but it went to heroin later on so it's coke so Coke was around, I mean, from the 80s, Coke was huge in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was a lot of Coke in the suburbs. You had a lot of people who, you know, owned their own businesses back then. And, like, you know, you could kind of do what you wanted in the burbs a little bit more. But, like, you see people buying shit, going into debt for shit. And then hiding behind closed doors and doing drugs and drinking. Their kids see it. Now, my parents are not, like, drug users or anything. But, like, you saw this a lot. Like, the my friend who was in the bathroom. Her mom was a drug addict. You know? So, it's like, the cycle had already started. And it just grew in yeah. the 90s. And a lot of people don't ever realize it's happening because that person probably does live behind the house everybody's supposed to have. Like, they do have, like, the clothes and the look of, like, somebody that's normal and blends in. But, like, there is no community in the suburbs. Not amongst adults, at least. And no one ever really knows what's going on. Like, you may never, ever talk to your neighbor. Like ever you know you might know nothing about them and i think that's what makes it trashy is that like it's all fake it's all fake like there's nothing like there's nothing safe and normal about like what went on there when we were younger it was like a dangerous place full of people who are just as fucked up as you would get anywhere else they just look more socially acceptable Mm -hmm. like and i don't functioning addicts you have so many functioning addicts i think it's a lot easier to hide that kind of thing when you don't have any like community involvement and like you don't have to rely on your neighbors because you feel so safe you know and it's 
It's isolating. And it's the other thing is you like have to have a car if you want to go places. You know, you can't just like hop on the, on the train or on a bus and just like go like in high school, you're all waiting for who's going to have the car, you know, like I eventually got my little powder blue Ford Tempo. <laughs> I miss the Ninmobile. I was just <laughs> thinking about that the other day. Oh, man. But, you know, like. I was lucky, you know, I, I got a car like I grew up very lucky and privileged uh, and like I feel very lucky. So I got a car and like I was able to shuffle, you know, us around whatever and like, you know, I wasn't I grew up in a nice house like it was a big house and like. So I feel like I didn't deal with the whole, like, you're poor thing. Like, my mom always made sure, like, we had what we needed. My mom also likes labels. So, like, I never was asking for, like, Abercrombie. I didn't even fit in their fucking clothes. But, like, I wanted those Adidas pants, you know, and, like, a certain style of Adidas pants and all that. So, and I, I mean, even though I'm, like... You know, I'm still a kid at that time. So, like, I want to fit in somewhat. I don't want to be a total outcast. I could never, like, go total, like, goth with my look. I was never going to wear black lipstick because it never looked good on me, you know? Like, <laughs> that was a little bit of vanity. But, you know, I could see, like, just how people were affected mentally when they were like, man, I just want this thing this thing that everybody else has and i was always like i don't understand like why you need that logo on you so badly that's so strange to me yeah but then again i had to have those pants you know so yeah those pants were comfortable though they were so comfortable i mean i slept through (laughs) high school i needed them (laughs) Yeah, it is really weird. Like, I don't really want to talk about my high school experience, like, that much. Like, my my high school experience was, like, going from being, like, fucking, like, church kid that, like, was into all kinds of weird things and then, like, becoming a weirdo. I don't know. I had a mental breakdown like shortly after leaving uh, high school, probably a long time coming. But yeah, I don't know. It was just like, even at church too, like a part of the reason that like I stopped going was like, something's wrong with these people. Like they all look the same. Mm-hmm. And like, these are supposed to be people that you're like in a community with, right? But if you ever talked about anything like too real or like had displays of emotion, they were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And like, you get totally yeah. ostracized. And it's like, well, that's not, that's not like very church, right? You know, it was like mm-hmm. all a mechanism to get you to like look the same, act the same, like be the same person and like Yeah. I hated it because it was just like I felt for a long time like really dirty because like 
my family wasn't wasn't like the functional family that was going to send all of their kids to a four-year school. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, my mom was a waitress and like, we had lots of problems growing up. Like my dad was an alcoholic and there was like lots of substance use um, in and around my life and like other things, you know, like on the other side of the family that was Mm -hmm. hard to deal with at a young person. Like, you know, it's, just yeah. like a different lifestyle, like rolling into like a really fancy mega church and having like the life experience of like a being like fat. So everybody thinks you're like a sinner because you're a glutton and you're not treating your body like a temple. Mm-hmm. So they think you're fat and you're lazy. Um, you know, you don't wear the kind of like very LL Bean like Abercrombie preppy looks and like don't look like a football player. So they automatically think like you have a problem and like they Mm -hmm. judge you, you know, and like, you're not supposed to be here, you know? And then like having honest and raw emotions, like I think the the dumbest decision I think I, or dumbest thing I ever did when I was young was like open up to some of the people about like my feelings and my interests and stuff like that at church and like stuff that was going on at home because like it was like, I was considered a problem, an issue that had to be dealt with, like not a pure human being. They like begrudgingly mm. allowed me to go to, to that church. That was like the attitude that people had. Cause like, I didn't come from a good home. Like I, you know, my parents were the way that they were. And like, I'm the way that I am. I have like mental health issues and stuff like that. So it was like, very weird it just felt like you know you're not perfect like us and that was like what i kind of learned like what about waspiness i guess i never felt like waspy enough for those people and that's like why i stopped fucking going because i was just like fuck it like i'm already having a hard time at home like fitting in is doing me no good and like all the other stuff that was going on with like the weird religious bullshit and like how that got kind of like turned around in my family household as like a tool of control like Mm. I didn't know what the fuck was going on I was like fine you want to treat me like a fucking outcast well fine I am (laughs) and that was when I like reached my peak Robert Smith look I think was in my like junior and senior year of high school (laughs) Uh, so Mm. but yeah it was like high school was a complicated time and like I just remember being bored all the fucking time because there's nothing to do like there's nothing if you don't want to go shopping there's nothing to fucking do like so we grew up around Woodfield Mall. They used to fucking bus people in from out of state. It's like a tourist attraction. Yeah. Um, it's just a mall. It's just like a lot of stores. <coughs> like that is the vibe you have out there. You know, later on, Arlington Heights did a little rebuild. But what did they put there? Like the fucking gap and like all these corporations. It became yeah. like a corporate paradise because all those small businesses that were there when we were younger like i don't know did you ever go into the witch store on arlington heights road 
The lady no. had like the big ass bird. Oh my god! I went in there once with my mom, and then I went in there a few more times as like a teenager. That eventually closed up, and further down the road there was this wonderful patisserie. We used oh, to get all our yeah. birthday cakes from there. I don't know if that's open anymore. Um, it was called the patisserie. Was it? Yeah. Can I tell you something about that? Because my grandma worked there for a minute. The place oh my was God, infested yeah. with roaches. So <sighs> filthy. Such a oh dirty fucking place. We used to get all our birthday cakes there when I was young. I mean, I don't know yeah, what it was. I mean, gross that, in the 80s? The I, so this was in the 90s when my grandma worked there. So it was, as she oh wasn't there very long. So it was one of the worst jobs she ever had. But yeah, that place she said when she worked there had like pest problems. But like, whatever, nobody died. So. Well, you know, I you can my first still job, enjoy those cakes. Yeah, I mean, my first job was at a bakery. Uh, where was that? It was kind of by like I don't know what. God, my brain doesn't know the streets anymore. It's by um, Holmes Junior High. So uh, wherever that main road is over there. Damn. I haven't been back in a long time. Um, But that bakery, I lasted like maybe two days because it was so dirty. I was 15 years old. I remember like cleaning like dead bugs out of the pastry case. And then there was like a bee in there. And the lady was like, you don't have time to do that. And it was just like, there's nobody here. Of course I have time to clean this up. I like did not show up anymore. And then they went to pay me. And then my mom called and was like, you better give her her check or I'm reporting you. And I was like, yeah, mom, get my money. God. Yeah. I don't remember (laughs) that bakery, but that's, that's a lot. Like that's so gross, dude. So gross. I think it's awesome. Your mom was like, fuck you, pay her. (laughs) Dude, my mom, I found out about a lot of stuff later on that I knew about. I she yelled at my basketball coach for not playing me. Like my mom always was like mama bear and like yelling at people on behalf of her children. (laughs) I love that. I love your mom so much. She's so cool. I know she doesn't remember me living with you guys for a minute. (laughs) I feel like when people think of like the suburbs, they think of like nice suburban houses with yards and everybody has a golden retriever Mm -hmm. and, you know, things are just easier there. And yeah, I don't know, man. I've hung out with some fucking trashy ass people in my lifetime. So I remember there was a period in my life where I was hanging out in Lake County, which like if there are tears of like trashiness, <laughs> like Lake County is like pretty fucking trashy. And the houses yeah, out there are like 10 times bigger, but like not all parts of Lake County are created equal. And that doesn't also mean anything either. So I was in a phase of my life where I was, like, trying to slowly drink myself to death and or take enough drugs to just, like, eat myself off the planet. And I was, like, hanging out with these people from Lake County, and there was this bar that we used to go to, and I, like, I, like, drank so fucking much that night, and I was, like, 
popping pills too. So mm-hmm. I, I had like a shitload of Vicodin that I had eaten and then I was like drinking and I wasn't feeling like drunk at all. And I was like asking my friend, I was like, well, do you have anybody that can get us some blow? I was like, I want to do some cocaine tonight. Like I had never done it before, but I had been wanting to try it. I was like, like, let's get some Coke and like party and have a good time. So like my friend starts making some phone calls and calls this dude and she's like, all right, let's like go over to this guy's house. He can hook us up. Like he's going to sell us whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. So I have no idea where I am. I'm like just out in the middle of like a pretty wooded, like mm-hmm. almost rural area. Yeah. And we like roll up to this guy's house and this dude, this like white dude who's like shorter than me, like comes outside and he's wearing like those baggy shorts but like not like raver kid baggy but like i might have like a chicken in my backyard and my like (laughs) cousin might be my aunt kind of like way so Uh and he's got like a little jersey on and like gold chains and like i go to we all get out of the car and he's like hey i live with my parents they piss and shit themselves. They wear diapers. They're sleeping. Oh my upstairs. god! And it's like okay. Uh, and we were like, all right. And he's like, so basically, I'm just saying they piss and shit themselves. Don't wake them up. And I was like, okay. So now I'm like, dude, I'm totally regretting like what I have put into motion at this point. Mm-hmm. So I go downstairs. He's got some other friend there. I'm with a couple of my friends and this guy like literally lives in like a dungeon basement full of like feral fucking cats that like piss on everything. And like the entire fucking basement reeks and the guy's like you want to watch some porn and we were like not really and he was like well i'm gonna put some porn on you problem with that so like this guy pulls out this box and he has like a million dvds of like only ass porn it's just chicks getting it in the ass like that's what every dvd is so he puts on some like ass porn and he's like you want to see my model trains and i was like what and he's like my model trains and I was like, okay. We go in the no. other room and this guy has like a model train set that he built like completely that takes up the entire room. And he's Whoa. showing me like how these trains work and like where he got all of his materials from. There's the ass porn playing in the background. There's cats everywhere. This place is like filthy. And he like just out of nowhere is like you are really ugly and i would never fuck you and i was like excuse me oh and he my goes, god he goes not that like nobody will fuck you but i'm not gonna fuck you because you're ugly and i was like cool i'm glad we're on the same page because this is not my idea of foreplay like looking at your <laughs> model trains But then he's starting to, like, hit on me and, like, get in my, like, personal space. And I was like, this guy's negging me. That was, like, a whole nother thing was, like, the pickup artist thing back then, which let's put a pin in that and talk about that in a minute. 
So this guy's like freaking out about his like replica trains and keeps telling me that I'm ugly and then is trying to like fuck me. Okay. Oh my and my God. friends are in the other room like doing coke and nobody is sharing with me. And <laughs> I like go, you know, I got to get out of this room. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom and there is a human fucking feces on the walls and all over the fucking toilet, dude. Oh, oh. my God. Uh, oh, God. So, like, I got my friend and was like, can you come in here and, like, had her kind of, like, hold my hands so I could, right. like, squat without falling because I was, like, hammered as fuck. But as soon as I got out of the bathroom, I was sober because I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here like um, and this was before like smartphones i think i had a nokia right. or something equivalently like useless so i go to the bathroom and like i'm starting to sober up and like all i'm smelling is cat piss and i'm like asking my friends i was like can we go i need to get out of here can we go can i get out can we get out of here i'm like telling them that this dude's show me his fucking choo-choo train and trying to like show me the choo-choo train same time uh, and uh, they're, like, they're like we're not done yet i had to sit there until they were done like doing cocaine for the night and by the time i got out of there the sun was coming up and i was like this is what i mean when i say that the fucking suburbs are trashy like i Looked at my friend and I said, if I'm going to do cocaine, it's going to be in a fabulous outfit and not in that cat piss den. I want to like yeah. relive fucking Club 54, not like fucking die <laughs> in a right. basement where no one will find me because this dude's cats all ate me and his parents pissed and shit themselves. Oh. Oh that is like God. a quintessential suburban experience. That was like why it's why I hate the fucking suburbs because everybody thinks it's so nice and pretty. And like, that's what's going on behind closed doors. Right. It's always like fucked up shit going on and like people not dealing with issues and, you know, saying, oh, it's always the other people that are bad. And it's the other people who are failing at life. Look at us. Look at my house. How can I possibly be failing? Even though, like, my house is underwater and, like, I'm about to file for bankruptcy. You know, like, there's so much of that in the yeah. suburbs. It's really weird. I feel like there is so much of that. And I feel like it probably happens in Chicago, too, or other cities, too. But, yeah. like, there, you had people on your side. Like, mm -hmm. the sheer law of numbers, you're going to find your group of people in, in a big city. Like, where it mm -hmm. won't happen in a country town or it won't happen in the suburbs. Because, like, I'm sure there's, like, a lot of crap, like, people who grew up in the city, like, relate to from having to listen to this. Yeah. But, like... Absolutely. They have, you have, like, more probability of meeting people that you get along with. And, like, because, like you learn to appreciate difference in the people that are around you. Um, yeah. I think a lot more than you would like in the suburb. Cause we had like lots of skinheads out there too. That was always really gross. Yeah. I mean, where we grew up, I mean, we really had a mix of everything and like, you know, there are some suburbs that 
are, you know, all white. There's a lot of, like, I don't want to say necessarily sundown towns, but, like, there are KKK rallies that happen in Illinois. It's not, like, just a southern thing, you know? And, like, other thing where we grew up, we did have a lot later on especially you know i don't know what it's like now it's been a long time but you know motorola had opened up and so you had a lot of international people coming through that way and working there and people moving to the suburbs because these big tech or tech companies were opened up in the suburbs so i feel like we were also like some of the first to see like the influx of like techies and that whole industry coming up Mm -hmm. and you know we came up during the internet age so like we just saw all that change and like that brought in money too that all that new money came in so you know we just i feel like all everything about the suburbs is about money and appearances 100 percent you know, there's just this underlying rumble of, like, unease at all times in the suburbs. And, like, people judging other people is, like, their national pastime there. (laughs) Yeah, it was so funny because, like, I didn't realize, like, how how specific people from the northwest suburbs of chicago look until i ran into them outside of their environment like i was at um some bar in south austin and i saw this couple walking past and they were like my age and one of them had like a chicago or some kind of shirt that like would say they're from chicago or indicate they're from the area And I, like, waved, and I was like, Chicago, what's up? I was like, I'm from there. I was like, where are you from? And they were like, Arlington Heights. And I was like, no kidding. This woman just looked at me and was, like, disgusted that I was talking to her in public. And that was when I got judgmental. (laughs) It was when I saw the way that she looked at me, and it was, like, something I hadn't felt or experienced in a really long time yeah and i was like wait a minute i was like this chick is orange number one i was like she's wearing like booty shorts like spandex like biker shorts Mm -hmm. on a 90 degree day with a fucking sweatshirt and the sweatshirt had like the obnoxious logo on it and like her ass was hanging out but like it wasn't like a cute outfit i don't know like Mm -hmm. what she was wearing but she like and she had like blonde like highlights you don't look very um uh presentable in my opinion and you're looking at me like that like you're wearing your underpants basically and you also don't have like a great whole situation going on. And that was when I noticed the husband had on like, you know, a Jersey, like a V necky, like sport type Jersey, but like baggy with like baggy pants and a shaved head. And I was like, wait a minute. I think I fucking know these people. It sounds so Arlington Heights. I know. Arlington Heights 
thinks that they're not white trash. But right? like all your houses are also all like <clears throat> those like World War Two style like rolling meadows. Like it's all very similar. Arlington Heights had a boost of money in the nineties and like whatever, but Schomburg is like where you have more money. Like if yeah. you're really looking at that suburb situation. Arlington Heights people always thought they were like way richer than they were. And it was like, no, it's so funny. <laughs> and that's why I was just like, oh my God, like, how are you looking, like, judging me like this? That was when I was like, oh my God. I was like, it's like not even Chicago, man. Cause like, if you see somebody from yeah. Chicago and you're like, Chicago, everybody's like, Chicago. Yes, like, yes. That's, people love it there. But I was just like, oh, gross. But, like, I never realized, yeah. like, that there was, like, a very specific look that people from that area had until, like, mm-hmm. I encountered it here in Austin. And I was and just, I like... And I feel like... I feel like people who... You know, a lot of suburban people, like, are from the city and they move out to the suburbs. Yeah. So they have a very different vibe than people oh, who yeah. grew up in the suburbs. 100%. Like, I... It's... You just see them walking a mile away, you know, like you can tell there is like an outfit type. There's a hairstyle. I feel like like the colors never like quite right. You know, it's not luxurious looking. The color is never quite right. And I feel like out in the suburbs, they get like hair trends like 10 years after we do. Yes. And, like, yeah, the color's not right because, like, whoever is doing their hair is, like, pulling it through a cap or Mm -hmm. they're, like, not toning it afterwards. And they're still Mm -hmm. doing, like, their foils the way that, like, you would do them if you were going to do a full head foil, like, back in the day instead of, like, doing a balayage or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, like... Yeah, and then they don't tell those bitches. They have this, like, yellow, yellow highlights yeah. no matter, like, what. Like, they don't, like, put different colors in. It's, like, bleach, and that's it. And, like, yes. you're on your way. Yes. And it's, <laughs> yeah, and, like, the haircuts are usually not very good either. They're, like, yeah. they're just very, like, blah. I mean, Karen haircuts are such a suburban hairstyle. Yeah. Like, I feel like we saw those a lot, especially that weird spiky shit (laughs) from the 90s. Like, that came from the suburbs. Well, (laughs) every woman over 40. (laughs) Well, no, I feel like back in high school, it was very cool to like shave most of your head and then only leave the strips in the front. But that's different. It was that was a punk rock look. But when you're over 40 and you had remember how they had like, okay, you got the big like bang situation. Yeah, because the strips turned into an emo bang with yes. a side fringe. But no, you're totally right. It turned into like an old person thing. But I feel like if you were like, I would see people walking around like that and I would be like, if that's me now, if I don't get out of here, that's going to morph into that kind of mm-hmm. like, 
it's like you could almost see the soul of a rebellious person that like mm-hmm. lived inside that body back then but they just gave up and now they yeah. yell at the manager whenever they can girl i yeah. will never ever ever work or manage a place that is out in the fucking suburbs ever yep. again those yep. bitches are so entitled about this yeah. stupidest shit and they will make a fucking scene yes. like oh they're the fucking worst dude i will never do that again it's like they turn into like a gang i feel like it's like west side story and like these bitches <laughs> get out of like back then it would have been minivans with their like weird mm-hmm. haircuts and they're like yeah. <laughs> and you're like waiting for them to like storm your store, your cafe, and just like start mm-hmm. some shit. And there's like screaming kids in the background. And they're like, there is not enough caramel on my caramel frappuccino. I want to talk to your manager right now. Little yeah. Timmy People needs his coffee. So rude. <laughs> yes. People are so fucking rude in the suburbs. God, I remember when I moved down here, I was working at Sam's Club, and I, like, transferred from Illinois to here. I worked, what was that? It was at Rolling Meadows where that Sam's Club was. It was kind of by October Wise we were at. So I went from there to Metairie. And when I got to Metairie, I encountered a whole new suburban person (laughs) like southern suburban is even worse because like (laughs) you I, i got yelled at for calling like women guys i'd be like hey guys how are you because in chicago we say hey guys how are you to everybody and i got yelled at because they were women we're not guys, clearly. Why are you calling us that? Um, oh my god, I had this one guy. Okay, like there's a lot of accents out here. <laughs> he was he was asking me for something, and I could not understand what the fuck he was asking me for. It was just like, do you have Botox? That's what it sounded like to me. <laughs> he was asking me for boy socks. And it took like eight times and he got so mad at me. And I was like, what is this language you're speaking? Like, I've dealt with lots of accents, but this is. And like, people get real angry here about it. I feel like at least in Illinois, they're used to like language barriers. So like, you give a little more time. I don't know if this dude was from the bayou. I don't know where the fuck he was from. I didn't understand it. That first year I was here was just like a constant like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but the suburbs here are just as trashy, but even more religious. So like, oh. you know, I feel like the suburbs of Chicago, there's religious people, but there's a lot of, you know, atheists out there and not church going people in the burbs of Chicago here. It's a totally different ball game. So I used to get so mad because I'm like, oh, congratulations. You paid $35 for a membership. That doesn't make you like entitled to scream at me. Who the (laughs) fuck do you think you are? Like, 
I saw your like house that's worth a hundred thousand dollars. Shut the fuck up. Like it's one thing to be yelled at by somebody who like has nice shit on. I don't know what it is. Like if I see you're wearing a nice beautiful ring and you yell at me, I'm like, eh. But when I I don't know. This might be an entitlement thing, actually. Maybe I'm having a little moment here, finding out about myself. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> if I get yelled at by somebody that I feel is, like, real trashy, I'm like, how dare you? How dare your poor ass, your peasant ass, yell at me? <laughs> that was exactly what I was thinking with these people who are like, who the fuck are you the other day? And I was like, I don't know, dude. Who the fuck am I? Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are any of us? I was like, you're, I'm like, I am trashy. At least I own that. And that makes me not trashy because I don't know why that works, but it does. (laughs) Yeah, you're like you have a trashy person person yelling at you like like oh my god, like I'm so offended by like your fucking opinion right now or what you think of me and like Yeah. Yeah, I I get what you're saying, dude. Yeah. Like how dare you think you're better than I am? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's like the whole thing was like I didn't think I was better than you in the first place, but then you mm-hmm. made yourself a problem and now I know I yeah. am. Like <laughs> Yes. Yes. I think like one of the meanest but most hilarious things I've ever said to somebody was somebody like said to me, Oh, you think you're better than me? You're so much better. And I said, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm better than you. I know I'm better than you. <laughs> I was That's like, right. That's right. That's right. Why are you even coming at me with this attitude? Like, let's just accept the fact we all know that I am better than you. You don't need to bring it up. It doesn't need to be debated. Like, I could uh, defend myself and list all the ways, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> Yeah, we are such suburban bitches. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's I'm... ingrained. <laughs> I know, it's awful. But I think, too, though, like, I don't think, like, weaponize that shit on people that are doing it to me. So, if anything, yeah. it's a fucking public service, and I am but a mirror to peer into. <laughs> Think about yourself. Think about how you made yourself feel just now. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't ever want to go back there ever again. Derek was trying to get us to move to the suburbs. He was on, like, a five-year campaign about us moving to the suburbs. And I was, like, over my dead body. And he was, like, he was, like, well, you know, Chicago's changing and it's not what it used to be. And everybody that we know is going to the burbs and that's where the new Chicago is going to be. And I was like, bitch, if I leave here, I'm leaving the state. I was like, I will yeah. accept none of this. Like, there is no way I'm going to go back, live in Illinois and live in a fucking suburb. I was like, it's not going to fucking happen. Like, yeah. I will. I was like, Chicago or bust. I was like, there's nothing here but like 
cornfields in like the suburbs. I'm not into it. But. I mean, really, the only thing to do is go shopping. Because, you know, the last year I was there, after I moved back, I was at my dad's house in Schomburg. Mm-hmm. I literally had nothing to do ever. And, like, nothing was close. I had to drive if I wanted to go somewhere. Yeah. And literally, sometimes I would just go to the mall just to, like, walk around and do something, you know? Yeah. It's so boring. It's so boring. There's nothing to do there. And there's like nowhere to eat. Like the food out there is not good. Like, I just don't. I'm like so scared that one day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be sitting in an Applebee's <laughs> and it's going to be like 4 30 p.m. And I'm going to have on like yoga pants. And I'm going to, like, start complaining that, like, we need to get back before Matlock is on TV. (laughs) And I'm not going to know how I got there. You know? (laughs) That's, like, what scares me the most. I'm afraid that that's going to happen to me. And I'm not going to, like, notice. Like, it's just going to, like, slowly happen where I'm becoming, like, a regular at the Applebee's and then like slowly and slowly I start going there earlier and earlier and like <laughs> then I stop wearing like actual pants because like the you know leggings are so much more comfortable right. and like you know nobody's like checking me out so I'm wearing Crocs too like why not <laughs> and like yelling at the fucking server for like only giving me five onion rings when they're supposed to be six in an order and then throwing <laughs> like a fucking temper tantrum and then redoing that every week for the rest of my life. Like, I'm afraid that's like probably one of my biggest fears, dude, is that like that's what the life I'm going to slip into and I'm slowly just like not even going to realize it. I'm going to wake up. And I'm going to realize that like my whole life is gone and I spent it in an Applebee's eating like really gross food and yelling at people that i'm blaming for my life's problems like is that gonna happen if i to see me you yet? going <laughs> if i see you going down that road and you start going to applebee's i will be like uh what's happening here snap out of a bitch <laughs> We're oh Denny's bitches. We don't do Applebee's, okay? We are Denny's bitches, but they don't <laughs> even smoke in there anymore, which is I bullshit. Know. There's no point to going to a Denny's unless you're going yeah. to smoke. Like, yes, 100%. I feel like I feel like when we pass all the smoking bans, they should have been like everything except Denny's. Except Denny's. Like, yes. <laughs> where are teenagers supposed to hang out at night after their crappy job? Oh, my God. Man, I miss just, like, being able to, like, go to a 24-hour diner. Like, those are not things anymore. So it was nice to be, like, no matter what, you could go to Denny's and, like, smoke cigarettes for four hours and, like, whatever. And, like, They didn't give a fuck. No one else was there. (laughs) Yeah. Bowls of ranch. Black coffee, mozzarella sticks. I feel like that was my life for like a good year, maybe two. 
and chicken tenders. Some moons over my hammy when I had a little extra cash. Right. <laughs> I was always an all-American slam girl. That was nice. my my thing. <laughs> I could never do the moons over my hammy, but I do not eat ham. So that's I take probably the ham why. off. I like. <laughs> So you want an egg sandwich? Pretty much, because I Dude. also just want to dip it in a tub of ranch. I love Denny's ranch for whatever reason. So a lot of times I would get moons over my hammy. I feel like I would give the ham to probably Joe. I would probably give him my ham or whoever I was with. Yeah, you know, we had one waitress who, like, knew us because we were, like, the Oberoi's kids coming in after work. Forget what her name was, but, man, she was on it with the refills. We didn't even have to ask for bowls of ranch. She just brought them. Those were the days. such a good memory. Girl. A&A Denny's. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Man, I feel like it was just such a great fucking service to America that you could get a club sandwich at any time of day, no matter what, all across the country for, like, most of the 90s. Like, there's always a 24-hour diner, you know? There have been so many nights, like, when I was younger, even when I, like, moved out of the suburbs, that I'd have, like, insomnia and would just find myself at a 24-hour diner somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Just because it's, like, a comforting-ass place to be. Like, I just always felt like the diners always, because Golden Nugget in Chicago was my favorite. I love Golden Nugget. Oh, my God. I love the Golden Nugget. Yeah. Biscuits and gravy were so Oh my good. god. Derek loved their biscuits and gravy. There are so many nights that it's just like when you're having like when you're feeling down or like your life is falling apart, like mm-hmm. I always find myself at a diner. Yeah. And there's something that's yeah. like so comforting about knowing that no matter what diner you go to and who like is running it. There's always going to be eggs. There's always going to be a club yeah. sandwich. There's always going to be like a weird fucking grapefruit that's like shoved full of tuna <laughs> for some reason for the right. light diet or whatever. And like the menu is the same no matter what. And it, it just like yeah. that predictability was just wonderful. And like if yeah. there's anything that they were really good at doing was like always being on top of that coffee refill. It was like heaven. You yes. just sit there. You sit there, you could sit there for like three hours and people would just mm-hmm. fill you up and fill you up. And like, yeah, it was wonderful, especially when you could yeah. smoke. Like, I mean, customer service is not a thing anymore. Like, we came from a time where like everywhere you were, customer service was like encouraged. And people, I feel like people were just more gentle with each other when. They went out, maybe not in, like, uh, you know, some fancy restaurant, but, like, just a casual place like that. You know, waitresses were always just, like, cool. They were just nice. And, yeah. like, I mean, I feel like everywhere I go now, people are just, like, ugh, what? 
You know, yeah. like, how dare you? How dare you come in here and order something when I'm trying to do nothing? So I feel like a lot of that too, though, like part of the reason I don't think we're like that anymore is because like that customer service thing got like way out of control. Oh, like, yeah. I feel like it was so often the case. And like, we both know this from working in various industries and like what we've done always done for a living but like it was okay for somebody to just come in and scream at your staff like you never kick that person out and you're always trying to make them happy like yeah and we like tolerated that culture and i think like people started to think of themselves as like powerful when they would walk into a place and that was like how they puffed up their ego because somebody was like fawning Mm -hmm. over them and it got like out of control and i feel like during the pandemic people were getting crazy with people at stores and places whether it was because of like the mask policies or them just being upset and like screaming at everybody about everything and people got fucking fed up and like these are people who are making like almost no money and they're keeping everything open you know what i mean yeah you can go in there and just like abuse these people because they're caught in the same situation that you're in so i think that's when i started seeing like a lot of people's attitudes change because people realize like they could make just as much money without having to like allow their staff to be mm-hmm. abused, which I think is a good thing. And then like you have wage stagnation, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, people yeah. are just like, fuck this. Like I'm not making any money. Like people come in here and yell at me. Like I wouldn't want to be nice either. You know? Well, and- I think that also comes from the fact that like, We don't have as many like small businesses. Everything is a corporation. So everybody's working for these corporate places. And like when we were kids, not everything was corporate. It was a lot of family owned. And like I think when you grow up in that, you respect people more because like they're doing this is their livelihood. Yeah. They own it. Like, when you go to somewhere like fucking Target, it's like, who gives a fuck, you know? And I was just reminded, like, we just had Thanksgiving. Do you remember how Black Friday for, like, years, like, people oh. were getting in fights and, like, stampeding? Mm-hmm. When we were young, that was not a thing. Mm-hmm. This is totally, like, what, 2000s, I think, it started mm-hmm. happening. And, like, I think that is when we started seeing a major decline in how like people were treating other people. Cause Mm -hmm. it's like unbelievable to me to remember how, like, I mean, people would be stampeding into Mm -hmm. a place and like get hurt over like a cheap TV. Like, thank God it's not like that anymore. Right. I mean, I feel like it doesn't have to be anymore because of like e-commerce. Yeah. People are like, I know stores are always trying to make Black Friday, like, the next big thing. But, Mm -hmm. like, they haven't been doing a good job of that. And, like, they're finding that they can have more profits online and offering the same deals that they do without all of the violence. 
Yeah. But like, that is just crazy. People just like lose their mind buying shit. And I'm like, how much do you fucking want a television for? I don't get it. It's not fun when you like be like, I guess like, was it Mark Twain that said a person is smart, people are stupid? Like, Mm. I just never wanted to be part of that, like, gang mentality. I was like, oh, it scared me. It scared me to see people behaving like that. Yeah, and, you know, when we were younger, like, things were closed on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Like, there were a lot of holidays. Things were totally closed everywhere you go. And then later on, you know, they would open you know, Thanksgiving day, like in the afternoon or, you know, they're open late on Christmas Eve. So people could get the, all this shopping done. And I think it just really warped how people shop and how people mm-hmm. see value other people's time. Mm-hmm. You know, like I hate, I always hated when they started opening on Thanksgiving I was like, can people just have one fucking day off to not deal with other people and just either be with their family or by themselves? You know, why do we constantly have to be selling stuff? And it all goes back to that consumerism of the times, you know? Yeah, it's really wild. I... Like, it is almost like, too, like, when you're in any kind of service industry, it's like, you never feel like, you, it, you know, you it's not, you're not worth having a day off for. That's, mm-hmm. like, what it feels like. Yeah. Like, they're always yeah. coming up with some reason to be open on Christmas, open on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. like, and they're just like, well, you know, this is just the industry, and it's just like, that sucks, though, because it's like, you're not worth being allowed to take a day off like your family doesn't matter like you need to be here to do things because like you really need this money and it's just fucked up to me it would be one thing if you're like a surgeon or somebody that like has Mm -hmm. to go work on thanksgiving like that makes sense okay but like Mm -hmm. nobody is gonna die if you don't get served chicken wings on thanksgiving and Like, you're probably not going to make any money that day anyways because it's going to be dead. It's just, like, an exercise in control. Like, they're probably... Yes. If they were to look at the labor and the numbers from just that day, losing money by opening their doors. But they, like, just want to remind the employees that, like, you can't have too much freedom. And you don't get, like, the... You know, a surgeon who does work on Thanksgiving is going to, like, probably make, like six digits a year you know somebody that is working at like your local restaurant or cafe or whatever they're getting paid like 12 bucks an hour if you're in a blue state maybe seven dollars an hour if you're in a red state depending on where you are around the country and like those people don't really get any benefit from like living like that. We don't get any benefits from that. There isn't like a trade-off for us. Like we have to be available whenever you want to schedule. There's no flexibility or freedom. I don't like it. I feel like everybody should have a fucking day off. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that with 
the rise of the suburbs in the 80s and 90s and big box stores like mm-hmm. opening there was that expectation of like being able to buy stuff whenever you wanted now we have the internet so you can do that but back then like people were just hungry for stuff and like showing their stuff and like I mean, talking about deals, like, oh, my God, I got this big-ass TV for this price, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, it all comes from that suburban culture. Because in the city, you know, they don't have Walmarts in the city. And now they do sometimes. Well, they used to. I don't know. I think the one in Chicago closed. Um, But that is totally a suburban thing, Mm -hmm. going to those kind of stores. So... You know, I think with people like with the pandemic, everything has adjusted. You know, people move to more rural places, but now they're moving back to the cities. You know, I'm I'm interested to see what it's going to be like in these next five years and just how it's going to change. Yeah, it (laughs) is going to be different. And I feel like people don't like really see the suburbs anymore as being like fancy like there are a couple suburbs that are fancy you know like yeah um some of like highland is a highland park and like yeah evanston parts of evanston maybe yeah um people don't see them as like fancy unless they're in these like very specific neighborhoods like kennelworth or wherever lake forest Yeah. yeah But I think yeah. now it's, like, if you're fancy, you live in the city. And, like, it sucks because, mm-hmm. like, all those people that we just complained about got married, had kids, and then moved into the city and displaced everybody out of the city. Because living yeah. in the city is cool now. It's so funny when you see people who, like, have never lived in a city move, like, dead ass from, like, Naperville into, like, a real city <laughs> condo yeah. or building. And they, like, just don't understand, like, what's happening around them and, like, the social contract that you Mm -hmm. have with everyone around you. Like, there was a little girl down the street that I heard screaming for their mother, like, at the top of their lungs, like, blood-curdling screams. And I, like, was walking with my dog and I, like, went over there because the screaming was going on for a long time. And the fucking front door was open, dude. So, like, the first thing I'm thinking is that, like, there's an unattended child and, like, a parent has had a medical event, okay? Mm -hmm. This is what is going on through my mind. And when I say door open, I don't mean, like, the screen door was closed. Like, it was an open door. Right. And I don't see anybody in there. And I'm like, hello, hello. And I see the little girl screaming and these, this mom and dad like poke their head around the corner and like, look at me, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, is everything okay? I heard like the little one screaming. I saw the door was open and they were, they just gave me like a nasty look. And I'm like, this is how I know you don't know where you live. Because we don't do that in Chicago. Like, we don't leave the door open for anybody to come in the house, like, on a busy street with my tod- your toddler right there to, like, just scream bloody murder 
Like somebody's going to come check on you, make sure that you're okay. Cause we assume somebody broke into your house, you know? And I guess you can just do that in the suburbs. You can't do that in Chicago, you know? And that's what, and they looked at me like I was crazy. And I was just like, you have like an unattended child. And like, I thought somebody was in danger. Like you wouldn't go next door if you lived in the suburbs, you'd just be like, whatever. It's their business, and it's well, starting to, you know, you go to the suburbs for that distance. Yeah. In, in the city, you're all living on top of each other. In the burbs, you got your house, fence. Next house, fence. You yeah. Know? I don't know. It's just, like, a lot of, like, that crazy entitlement. And, like, when we lived in Bucktown, I used to live by a really nice pool, that like, a city pool that wasn't always very congested because it was in the middle of a neighborhood. And I was in my car getting ready to go to work. So I was like messing with my phone to make sure like my music was on and checking my mirrors and my face before I was like getting ready to go. There's like no parking spots on like the little mini block that I'm on. But the one in front of me, there's like three other mini blocks. Like this side street I lived on wasn't even a city block long. So like we'll say it maybe like 25 feet ahead of me. Like there's plenty of parking and this bitch is like pulled up next to me in her minivan and she had I will never forget she had like a giant namaste sticker on the back of her van (laughs) and she rolls down her window and is like are you gonna fucking move and I was like excuse me I was like in a minute she's like it's so fucking hot out I have children in the car we need to park I want to go to the pool And she's like, can you fucking move? And she's screaming at me. And she's like one of those like blonde yoga moms. And there's like literally I can see like 15 to 20 parking spots in front of me. But she wanted my parking space because I was two car lengths closer to the pool than all those other parking spots. And she had the audacity to like start a fight with me. Like she doesn't even live in my neighborhood. Namaste, bitch. Namaste. Right? (laughs) I just sat there and was like, how, I like rolled my window back up, but I started noticing my neighborhood was like slowly becoming more like that. And then I noticed like all the other neighborhoods were slowly becoming like that. And I was like, this is not Chicago anymore, man. It's just a bunch of I like. Mean, yeah, Chicago definitely changed with like demographics and who is living where. I mean, it's crazy to see, like, what happened on the west side. You know, all those, like, old warehouses are, like, inhabited by, like, young professionals who are, Mm -hmm. like, making good money. That area had, like, nothing before that. And, like, the South Loop, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going home next month and we got a place in the South Loop. And just looking around it reminds me i went to columbia college and it's been like 20 years over 20 years now when i went to school there there was fucking nothing in the south loop it was like parking lots a gyro place that had this awesome like gyro and like hot dog special and then like just rando buildings and now you go there and everything is built up it's totally different yeah installations and shit yeah it blows my mind how different it is and you know we're going out to the suburbs and i'm interested to see 
you know, what that looks like. Has it changed at all? Is it still the same? I, I mean, know. I think it's pretty the same. Yeah. Um, when I was staying with my grandma, I mean, there's a lot of places that aren't there anymore, but yeah. it all looks the same. Except I yeah. think they started tearing down Arlington Park. I could be wrong about that, but it was still there when I was there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like pretty the same to me it still has that like blah vibe Mm -hmm. of none of these cities none of these like neighborhoods are picturesque they're not yeah the buildings aren't interesting like they don't look like they're very utility um and i'm just like why am i here i don't like being here you know yeah and the cops are the fucking worst out there Oh my god, yes, they are. <laughs> Do you know how many times I've had my fucking vehicle illegally searched? God. Girl, I'm telling you, like, I got so used to having my fucking car searched. And that's the other thing. Like, if you're a kid running around there and you don't look like everybody else, the cops will just, like, harass you for the rest of your life. They'll follow you around. They'll find something on you to, like, find you or whatever. They have nothing better to do. And, like, it's so annoying. Like, there was one time that, like, I was driving my uh, partner's car and they didn't pay to, like, get the new, like, sticker on their car. Five squad cars pulled me over. Five. They had cops on, and this is the middle of the day, dude. They have cops on either side, like I'm going to run. And I'm thinking something is really fucking wrong. Because I see the amount of squad cars that have pulled up on me. And they have flashlights out in the middle of the fucking day. I don't know why they have flashlights out. They were like, why why did we pull you over? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, your registration sticker is expired. And I was like, this is not my car. They give you a ticket anyway, which is fine. But they, like, held me there for a really long time. And, like, by the time I had gotten home, like, several hours later, like, people were already asking me about it. And they thought I got busted for drugs. And I was like, dude, I got pulled over for a fucking sticker. Like, I, they just decided, like, they needed five squad cars to fucking pull me over. Like, how many fucking cops do you need to pull somebody over for vehicle tag? But they would do shit like that all the time. Or sometimes, like, my mom and I would just be around and they would just, like, pull us over. They pulled us over once in the parking lot just for, like, no reason. They're fucking stupid and, like, bored and they just aren't competent. They don't know how to do math. Um avoid the area at all costs uh i guess the whole summation of the suburbs is it's white trash covered by layers of money and that's basically the suburbs in a nutshell (laughs) i totally agree and i think that is a good summation but i feel like we owe everybody a pretty good definition of white trash like what is what are we calling white trash Suburban white trash is wearing Lululemon and 
being seriously in debt, having a big ass house and like multiple cars, but having like bad hair. Um, you know, in our day, it was being orange and wearing like silver, like highlight colors and having the chunky hair. Chunky hair was like a big thing when we were young for some reason. (laughs) But, you know, that whole fake tan to me is very white trash, no matter like what. Like, why? Why do you need that? So to me, that is white trash. I mean, I guess I would say like being a judgmental rude person that thinks you're better than everybody mm-hmm. else while looking like trash makes mm-hmm. you white trash like mm-hmm. when you don't have shit going on and you think you're better than everybody else i think that's what white trash is that's my definition yeah, being, of it. being in debt is not trashy because this is america and who's not in debt <laughs> yeah but it's the spending so much on things to have things. You yeah. Know? Like useless consumers. Exactly. Yeah. That is like suburban trash to me. I think I want to make like a small point that like, I know plenty of people that like live in the suburbs that are not like that. You know what I yeah. mean? They don't think they're yeah. better than other people. And that's, like, not who I'm talking about. And I also yeah, know some orange people, some orange people that are very nice. So I don't consider those orange people white. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody with a Louis Vuitton bag is white trash. But it's that, it's that there's a certain level of, like, arrogance that I think is yeah. fueled by fear and inferiority that, like, really puts the cherry on the white trash cake yeah so absolutely and whatever i'm fucking trash so i don't care (laughs) you're not trash i'm not trash so (laughs) i was such a snob i'm a snob too it's okay (laughs) i just we just spent two hours like yelling at people for wearing like yoga pants and fucking going to Applebee's was it I mean we're both fucking bitches in our own way we're bitches (laughs) bitches. but it's our turn to bitch now if you want a bitch get your own show okay that is what we do here (laughs) yeah well I think that pretty much like covers like white trash landia I'm sure there's like more interesting anecdotes we could tell you but like we'll get there eventually i also want to hear your white trash stories what's the most white yeah. trash thing that's ever happened to you out in the suburbs you have bonus tell points us your fitting. suburban stories <laughs> we want to hear it and bonus points if there's chainsaws involved so <laughs> um yeah so in the meantime guys uh stay flashy not trashy (laughs) yes have a good week everyone all right we'll see you soon hey 
Hey, y'all, just a quick note from the show. We want to thank you all for listening. I would like to ask you to like, subscribe, follow, you know the drill. Everything that all these other people tell you to do, do for us. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your trash. Just like us and support the show. Yes, please support the show if you like what you're hearing. And if you want a little something extra from us, we are starting something new. It is called Dumpster Fire Advice. So if you want some trashy advice for all of life's problems, feel free to email us at trashparadeusa at gmail.com. We will be answering all of your difficult questions with the best advice we know how. Uh, We cannot promise it will be productive. Thanks for listening. Thank you.